G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. Well, welcome to this week's Momentum. Once again, we are so thrilled that you can join us wherever you are all around our wonderful nation. It's great to have you tuning in. And uh, Tim and Dez with you once again as we get set to uh, embark on another show. Just a quick point to our website for a moment, MomentumAustralia.org. That's MomentumAustralia.org. You can find out a bit more about Momentum, who we are, why we exist, and uh, of course, lots of resources on our website too to help you on your journey. And if you'd like to financially support us, we are a ministry. We rely on donations from people just like yourselves to keep running. Uh, MomentumAustralia.org to uh, give us your support and your feedback if need be. That'd be really appreciated. But uh, Des, my co-host, how are you this week, my friend? Are you well? I'm, I'm amazingly good. You know, <laughs> Amazing. For like you're surprised my by that? <laughs> stature or something. <laughs> no, I'm really, really good. I'm really looking forward to this show today. It's uh, it's really, really good. Um, yeah, it's okay. good. And, and just let me say, sorry, I should say, our Caroline, uh, Momentum Caroline, 1-800-000-MEN, 1-800-000-636. And that's a Caroline that's available seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. And there's a whole pile of people there ready to take your call. It's confidential. It's safe. You can talk on any subject you would like to raise with them. But so please don't do life alone. If you're struggling with anything, reach out to us at Momentum, MomentumAustralia.org, or at a Caroline, 1-800-000-636. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Des. You may be listening to this on Mother's Day. Uh, it may not be Mother's Day. It might have just gone Mother's Day. And, you know, it's a day where we show our love, our gratitude, appreciation for our mum, our stepmom, our gran, our relative, guardian or close friend who might be or have been a mother figure in our lives. You know, it's a day where we acknowledge not just all they do for us, but all that they bring into our lives on so many levels. Yeah, we're going to delve in behind all the chocolates and the prezzies and cards and flowers and family gatherings uh, in this week's show to look at how we redefine the role of mums in 2023. You know, it's changed significantly. Um, It appears to have changed significantly. And what might be the biggest challenges mums face in today's climate? And is the church helping or hindering mums in their role? And maybe even think about how dads can help support mums as well. Yeah. Well, last, uh, we've recently spoken, I, I think, with uh, Cindy McGarvey about her book, The Next Revolution. She's never wanted to shy away from tough topics and, and honest answers. Uh, she's the National Director for uh, Youth for Christ Australia. She joins us once again on this week's Momentum. So firstly, welcome back, Cindy, and happy Mother's Day. Thank you. You have several children. How many do you have? I have five. We have five together. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's so good. Mother's Day definitely applies to you. <laughs> Yes. But I mean, as five, I mean, that's a that's a gathering when you all get together. But um, how, how does that feel for you personally, Mother's Day? What does that mean to you personally? Yeah, as a mother of five children, it certainly is a gathering. And um, I have three sons and two daughters, uh, all young adults now and three married. And also recently 
I have two little grandsons, so that's such a blessing. So what does Mother's Day mean to me? I think motherhood, I wasn't expecting this before I was a mother, but motherhood has been one of the most fulfilling endeavours of my life. And I'm so thankful to God for the incredible blessing it has been to be able to bear and raise children. It just, like, I think we take it for granted, but it, it is a blessing. And it hasn't been all ease and comfort. There's been a lot of pain and suffering, you know, at different times, you know, raising children, mm. getting up in the night when mm. all children are really sick or all sorts of things happen during their life. You know, as a mother, you feel their pain. So, uh, but the joy and fulfillment is beyond what I could ever have imagined. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Talk to us about how your relationship with your own mum developed and, you know, what was that? What did that look like to you as a daughter rather than being a mum? Yeah, I was one of four girls and I had two brothers, so I was from a big big family, a big farming family. And my, I guess my relationship with my mum, particularly during my teen years, was really challenging because I was pretty rebellious. Wow. And, yeah, and, um, you know, growing up in a traditional, I know that's hard to believe. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. Laughing, <laughs> because you're so sweet, I can't even think of you being rebellious. Oh, no, no. Um, well, yeah, and I, I'm always one to question things, and ah. everyone else seemed to just not question things. Yeah. And. Because I was always asking the why and why are we doing this or I think everyone's hypocrites and all sorts of things like that, um, just the way I'm wired, just really, I guess, in my teenage years, clashed with my mum. Mm. And so I, and I rebelled because I felt like I didn't have the proper answers to things. So I, I think I really gave my mum a really hard time. But the exciting thing is that um, the Lord rescued me by the time I was 20. And that began my journey of, you know, getting married, having my own family and understanding my mum much more. And it wasn't until probably, you know, when I had my first three or four to my 30s where I really got exposed in my heart that I actually – had an attitude of unforgiveness toward her. I hadn't wow. properly dealt dealt with things. And it wasn't something that people would have seen outwardly or noticed. It was this mm. passive, mm. I don't know, just underlying thing. Maybe it was even a negativity. I don't know what it was, but I wasn't really conscious of it until the Lord exposed it to me. And when he exposed it to me and I went to my mother and I asked her forgiveness. Wow. Wow. I actually totally set free and it changed our whole relationship. And so we have a great relationship now. And um, yeah, so that that's really good. And also about a year ago, um, we were at a family gathering and, you know, just back to Des thinking that I was always... <laughs> <laughs> and my mother, we were in this conversation with my sisters and my nieces and my mum, and we were talking about how 
every one of us has a difficult child to raise that you just think, I just (laughs) don't know how to raise this child. And my mother said, Yes, and <laughs> she pointed to me. And it was a real shock to me, and I had forgotten all of that. Yeah. And I think it's just because I was wired a bit differently um, that I really gave my mum a hard time. <laughs> well, uh, apologies to your mum, but we're grateful yes. for how you are wired, Cindy, because we appreciate your honesty. Um, on, a, on a positive note, when you look back um, – whether it was as a child or even through the rebelliousness or even since, what's one thing that mum has taught you or you've learnt from mum or she said or modelled that you took on board and and hold really dearly? Maybe you've modelled that in your own mothering or just something that's really shaped you as a person. Growing up on a farm has been a really big thing. And, um, you know, my mother... She was someone who was very big on hospitality. Uh, she was always cooking, always having people around, uh, relatives. Even now when I go home to my parents' house, they have this huge big kitchen table in the kitchen and people just drop in all the time. And no. there's always homemade biscuits or homemade <laughs> cake or something like that. And so you think of this country farm where people are always welcome. Yeah. Mm. So I've always I always loved that, and you're always there having a cup of tea mm. and talking. So I I value that. I really love that. Um, also, you know, I, I was thinking about this recently. You know, my mum grew up in a home um, that had some turmoil, and I I can remember when we grew up, there was always someone in my mum's family where um, someone wasn't speaking to someone else or there was Mm. conflict. Mm. And my mother never engaged in that sort of thing. Um, And she always drummed it into us never to do that to anyone, never to Mm. do it in the family, never to – she never said uh, exactly why it was bad, just that we knew that it would really hurt people. I know why because, you know, from scriptures, we know it's almost like taking revenge on someone if you don't. Mm. You don't yeah. speak to them if you just mm. cut them off. So um, she drummed that into me and m- my siblings, and we've never done that. Um, and I, I remember drumming it into my kids, particularly girls, because girls do that much more. Mm. And I, I just say other people may do that, but we don't do that because mm. it's a form of re- revenge and it's sin. Mm. So she, she really drummed that into us and I think just the freedom just back to being on a farm in in that time you know the freedom and the responsibility we had chores to do we had to work hard and um, my mum worked hard and that was really instilled in us. Mm. Cindy before we jump into a break just just one thought on that and it's a little left of field but bear with me because for a mum and I can speak from this space too. Des, you can jump in on this as well if you like. But when I first became a father, um, it took a little while, and I'm talking probably three to four months, for me to really adjust because, you know, as men, it's very external for us. We we see what's happening, you know, with our wife or our partner and the body's changing and, you know, we have this kind of external relationship, whereas for you as mums carrying the baby, 
you feel everything, you know, particularly when it starts kicking and moving and you feel all of that, which we, we get an external feel of that, but you have the internal feel of that. And is there some sort of advice you could give as new dads or for them to help that transition? Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you've, you've worded it so well that, yes, it is an emotional thing and that women are feeling it and moving, um, progressing with it all through the pregnancy and then this, this little baby. And, you know, I'm watching my son-in-law actually because I was, I was there at the birth and I was there, you know, for the first week just helping them look after this little babe. And he kept saying, I just feel like I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. <laughs> even at the birth, you know, all us women around and, yeah. you know, helping her, um, you know, talking through it and all that sort of thing. Um, and he just like uh, didn't, he said, I don't know what I'm doing and yeah. all that sort of thing. So I think, I think in the first months, you know, you would have to have an adjustment and that would be something uh, that men could speak to. But I, I think just supporting your wife in whatever way way you can and just knowing to give that space and not take it as rejection because Mm -hmm. I've heard so many times, uh, you know, particularly with a wife's, you know, with a mother's body, they have to, they have to recover from the birth Mm. Um, and then you have to readjust to having a baby. You know, your intimate life has to readjust to having the baby as well. Mm. And because uh, the, the wife, you know, as a mother, you're just pulled all 100% of the time you're focused on this baby and you've got to, you've got to adru- adjust mm-hmm. and see how that works out in your marriage and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, don't take it as rejection. Mm. Yeah. Some good messages to end the first part of the show on. We are talking Mother's Day and our special guest is Cindy McGarvey. She's the National Director for Youth for Christ Australia. When we come back, we're going to discuss roles What's that look like as mums and dads? And what about the church in all of that? How has the church perhaps helped or hindered in that process? More on the other side of this break right here at Momentum. In the meantime, have a quick look around our website and we'll be back real soon. MomentumAustralia.org This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. All right, well, welcome back to Momentum. And it is our Mother's Day, should we call it a special? I'm not sure, but it's a Mother's Day episode. Uh, Tim and Dad's with you, and our special guest is the National Director for Youth for Christ Australia, Cindy McGarvey. And uh, just to point back to uh, one of our previous shows with Cindy recently, The Next Revolution is her new book, Resisting the Cult of the Self. Uh, always a great discussion and lots and lots of thought-provoking discussion in that conversation, which you can find at the website, MomentumAustralia.org. But we are talking today about Mother's Day, and um, Cindy, let's let's get to you and talk about your role as a mum. We've kind of talked a bit more about your your backstory in the first part of the show and and how your mum influenced you and how having kids influenced you. Um, I'm curious to know how you see your role as a mum, not just in raising kids, but perhaps helping shape their identity and calling them forth into adulthood. And that's not a a quick question, but can you speak into that space for us? How, 
how have you seen that? Has that changed for you over the years, how you see yourself in that role? Yeah, well, I think how I, I saw myself as a mum was that I had the role of nurturing my children. And this wasn't just physically. It was emotionally. It was spiritually. Um, it was shaping their character. And those things were really, really important to me. And I mm. love the term secure. I know that um, I, I recently heard Martin Isles speak about it. And it's a term that means, you know, to help or to aid um, or to encourage. And one of the um, one of the definitions that he used was to call out the nobleness in someone. Mm. Wow. And that was one thing I, I love that being articulated because one of the things I liked to do for my children, like they would say, oh, so-and-so is being mean to me, and I'd go, well, you know, how, you know, what, I would try to help them rise above it and see uh, and see the bigger picture in things, not get mm. down into the petty stuff. Um, and, you know, and so I felt like I had the duty to call out the best in my children and who they were in, in Christ and who they were made for. And um, I remember one time my second son, Josiah, he told me only a couple of years ago, he says, Mom, we were just, I just stopped telling you about things, bad things people did to me because you would always take this side. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it and I thought, like when he'd say, oh, so-and-so did this and all that, and I'd say, well, they're probably feeling really, you know, and hurt people do hurt others, so how can you? So I always remember I tried to to help them take the next level up and, mm. and do those things. So, um, yeah, I think I, I love that that term, secure, uh, and I also like to do that for my husband to call out the best in him, and, and he does for me as well. And he always says, you know, you've got to rise above that, you've got to take the leadership role or things like that. He doesn't let things go with me, and we didn't let things go with our children. Mm. So, you know, that we had to teach to suffer through situations where you, sometimes you just needed to not say anything or to speak up when you needed to speak up, uh, but to do it in, in a, a good way for, you know, God's greater purpose. I think also um, by, by nature and personality, my, um, you know, when we talk about motherhood, um, what I thought my role was what motherhood did for me. Um, just looking at it from a different perspective is, uh, you know, with my nature and personality, I think I'm a very selfish person. And so having children really attacked that in me. Mm. Um, and it was interesting because recently I've read through the book of Ruth and then Samuel, one Samuel, and I see mothers like Naomi, Ruth, and Hannah, and they were described as as women of noble character. And I think having children makes us, you know, helps toward that, but also we need to be raising our daughters to have, and sons, to have noble character. Mm. And it doesn't, you just don't acquire noble character. It has to be purposely taught. Mm. That's what I believe. It's, it's actually discipleship. 
training, discipling, training our children uh, in those things. Mm. So how could how could um, the church change to be more centered that way? What would need to change? Do you think? Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot. I haven't landed on things. I can yeah. just <laughs> just throw my ideas out yeah. there. I do think we need to first become aware, you know, is this God's way or is this the world's way? So I'm not saying women shouldn't work. You know, we see the Proverbs 31 woman. She was working from the home, not Mm. out of the home for someone else. Mm. She was working from the home. She may, uh, yeah, she bought land, she traded, all of those things. So she was a very productive woman. She had servants, so almost like employees. She had um, she had her finger on the pulse for what was happening in her home and what her children were doing. She, her children respected her. Their children, her husband respected her. Uh, so there's such a great model there. Yeah. And I think we can look to that model and I think without throwing the baby out with the bathwater because they say, oh, well, you're saying that women shouldn't work and women shouldn't do this and, you know, Mm. be out in the marketplace and have a career. I'm not saying that. Mm. I'm saying that women can be very industrious and work either from the home or work part-time. The other idea I had, and I don't know how this could work out, but if, if the church really valued motherhood, I'm sure there's a lot of mums in the church who have to go out to work and it pains them, it grieves them. Mm. How can the church support these mums? Hey, we can support you by um, caring maybe a day a week or something like that. We can cut down your work hours so you just work part-time by Mm. uh, supporting you in some way materially. Uh, or practically, I, I really do think that the church supporting mothers to be at home who want to be at home in practical and other ways would be one good step forward. Plus, getting the girls together um, and teaching them and training to be wives and mothers. Yes, yeah, it's, it's no different than teaching boys how to be good role models and dads and so forth. Yeah, that's good. On a final thought, I'd love you to speak to the mums listening um, because we know that there are. I mean, as, as much as we, we've got a male a male audience predominantly, there's lots of females tuned into Momentum. Um, the mums of boys particularly, and maybe you can bring in some of your own experience here with, with three boys yourself, but these guys are going to be the next generation of men and potential leaders and whatnot in church, society, etc. What would you say to particularly mums of, of boys who might be listening right now to help shape the next generation of men? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, first of all, uh, us mothers tend to be very protective mother bears and we're all about, we're very, very safety conscious and even more so in this day and age. Mm. And so we we don't let our boys take the risks that I think they need to. 
they need to experience those things. And that was probably one of the tensions that I had with my husband because he'd say, let them do that, and I'd be freaking out. (laughs) All all three of them were up a tree that just was this thin tree and it was bowed down. They were very high up, metres up. And I was really freaking out. It might have been a coconut tree or something in Africa. But I... um, I just said, I can't watch this. I've got to go inside. Because he would always say, I'm watching this and I know they're okay. Mm. And so I had to extract myself at times <laughs> to allow him to be able to monitor a situation and to take risks. Mm. So that was a big thing, helping them, uh, you know, take responsibility for chores and things like that. Also, one of the things that I instilled in them was really good books on adventure. Mm. So, I read them lots and lots of books. I even read them, you know, when they were in uh, 10, 12, whatever. I read them the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which is not like the movie, so (laughs) not as horrifyingly (laughs) scary as the movie. And they, they loved it. They loved all these adventure books. They really, it really solidified in their mind about what is evil, what is bad, and that adventure to go and fight something that was mm. uh, evil. Mm. And as they talk about it in the hero's um, story, that, you know, you, you face the dragon, you conquer something, and you bring back the gold for the community or for for your family or whatever. So yeah. I really instilled that in our boys and I, I see that they too love all that sort of thing as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Important messages. And again, we've we've had a great conversation once again with Sydney McGovey, but I feel like we've, to some degree, just scratched the surface. There's a whole lot more we could, we could talk about, but we're going to leave it there for today. It's been our Mother's Day episode with National Director for Youth for Christ Australia, Cindy McGarvey. Um, we've had Cindy on the show a few times, so just encourage you to go and check out our website, MomentumAustralia.org, and have a listen to some of our previous chats with Cindy. There's always some great thought-provoking stuff in there that might um, help you just shift your perspective about certain issues and topics. But Cindy, thank you once again for being with us on Momentum. Um, I love the way that you just speak honesty and truth and lovingly challenge uh, certain thoughts and aspects, whether that's societal or in within the church as well. And uh, we appreciate your voice. And uh, yeah, again, happy Mother's Day. Thanks for being on Momentum. Appreciate it. Welcome. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with momentum.